Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard, and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus' name. If you are looking for more of the Word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be blessed. Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer just saying thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you once again for another opportunity to come before your throne of grace and to just learn more about you. Father, I ask that you would sit me, J.R., the man down, and that you, O sovereign Lord, would rise up big inside of me. It's these things we ask you for, Lord, because, God, we truly need you. We need you more and more each day. And, Father, we're so grateful that you're the one that embarks upon this journey with us and that you'll never leave our side. So, God, we just simply say thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, everyone. I don't see my water that I had, but I'll worry about it later. Today for Bible study, just going to have a little chat about something that I know is all too important, but something that we don't really talk about too much. And that's about community. You know, Um, last year around March, we had a Bible study lesson called Community in Me. And the purpose of that Bible study was to talk about how we, the body of Christ, are there as not only workers for God, but there is outreach for those who maybe aren't yet saved. And more importantly, for those of us, because the Bible always says to be quick to help others and even more so fellow members of the body, it's about really being there for each other. So when we talk about community and I'm not going to talk about the community and me thing. I'll just have that linked for later. But when we talk about community, what is it that we mean? Well, let me give you some background and then we'll move forward. When Jesus came down in a body like yours and mine to die for our sins, he came down and he was teaching us about relationship. Everything that Jesus said and did and made an example of was to teach us how to have proper relationship with God. He, and by he, God, does not want sacrifices from us. He wants us to be obedient. To be obedient is to understand the rules and regulations that he has set up. But more so in the same sense that a parent lays down you know, guidelines for us to follow. It's not just to teach us right from wrong, but it's to show us how to live a a life accordingly, how to, you know, be respectful, how to, you know, conduct ourselves in different settings, how to do all these different things. And our Heavenly Father does the exact same thing for us, but on a much grander scheme. The most important thing that we learn out of relationship with God is how to carry ourselves spiritually, which is the single most important thing that we can do. Things happen in this life and in a lot of situations, we react to them. We just do whatever based upon our emotions in the situation. And that's not it. What we're supposed to do 
as the Bible says, is to acknowledge God in all of our ways, which means in everything that we're involved in, to include him in too, so that instead of us making these knee-jerk reactions based upon how we feel in the moment, we take a step back and allow God to step in. Father, how would you handle this? Or Lord, give me strength to not make the right decision, but to make the godly decision, which is something we've been talking about for the past few months now. Now, in terms of community, the Bible teaches us that those of us who are weak should bear the infirmity. Well, excuse me. Those of us who are strong should bear the infirmities of those who are weak, which when we translate that to modern English, it simply means that those of us who are better off in certain areas. And I don't mean fiscally. I don't mean with money. I could mean emotionally. It could mean mentally. You know, where we're stronger, as the Bible says, we should be willing and able to help those who are not necessarily there yet. If you're going through something that has you depressed or anxious or whatever it may be, our job as a community, because we're family, this isn't just, you know, tell your neighbor kind of thing. No, the, the Bible makes it very clear that we are one family called the body of Christ. And a person like me, I take that very seriously. You can ask my family members. I'm I'm very I try my best to be there for whoever I can. And with that, you know, we're supposed to help out. Helping doesn't just mean send money if money is low. Helping more so means to sow your time and your energy into another person. And that's all Jesus did while he was here. He sowed time and energy and to each of the disciples, to the different people whose, you know, lives he changed as they came across to help fulfill prophecy. But even more so in this present age where we have the promise, Jesus has come, he's died for our sins. The Holy Spirit, if we've been saved and born again, now resides inside of us. And now we are one with God or consubstantial, meaning we are of the same essence. The purpose of the community now is for us to really be there for one another. The Bible teaches us to, you know, tell each other in layman's terms, our sins, our wrongdoings, not so that we can persecute one another, but so that we can better pray for one another. In terms of prayer, as the, you know, the church saying goes, the more prayer, the more power. Well, I like to believe that because I know that when it's not just my grandmother or my mom or my boys or whoever praying for me, I know that the more people that I can actually trust to tell these things, because the Bible tells us to be cautious about who we confide certain things inside of, but that when you know somebody can get a prayer off to the Lord and you're telling them what you're going through, you're trusting not the person necessarily, but you're trusting the God in them to help further carry out that point of, Lord, I need you. Because that's simply what every issue, every circumstance, every trial, tribulation, storm that we go through in life boils down to. God, I need you. Point blank and clear. And as we've talked about before, when we pray, prayer doesn't change the, the situation at hand. It changes the believer's perception of how God can and will change the situation for you. <clears throat> As I've learned in my short 26 years, 
by spending time with the Lord personally, being under the tutelage of my grandmother and of so many other different pastors and ministers and other things that I've heard about the goodness of our Lord. It's the simple fact that when we pray the first time, God has already heard your prayer and has begun working on it. To go a step further, before you even prayed the prayer, he's already come up with the proper solution for it because God doesn't just hold the solution, but he is the solution. After we pray about a thing and it's already been covered and we pray about it again, it's not because we don't believe God has heard us or we don't think that he's going to do that thing that we're asking him to do. But it's that when we keep returning, we're petitioning for more strength. Lord, I need I really need you because I'm weak in this area and I know that you can hold me up or Lord, this has me so anxious. So I keep coming back so that the anxiety will go away and I can have the peace that you told me about, which surpasses anything I can understand or that God, I'm just so worried. But the proper thing to do isn't to let this worry stay in my heart. It's to give it to you. I can be concerned enough to bring it to you, God, because that's the proper way to do the thing. If there is a person in my life and there is nothing I can do more for them than to pray, well, then I've already done the best thing that I can do because now I'm entrusting this. And to the only ones whose hands are truly capable of doing anything about the situation and more so as a community, when we're just being there for one another, because sometimes to be there doesn't mean that you have an answer. Sometimes it just means that you let that person speak freely so that they can be heard. And not only are they heard, but you're listening to them. Because when you don't have an answer, that's perfectly fine. God does. And because you've been the one to be trusted with this information, you know how to pray for the situation, how to pray for the person, how to make sure that when they feel low, that they're always reminded that there is a God and his name is Jesus. And not only does he already love you, that he's shown it when he died on the cross for you, that he's showing it. As you keep going on day by day, getting better progressively, because that's the best we can do. Take each day, literally day by day. But that when we grow, when we keep putting our foot forward, not necessarily our best foot, because we can't always put that one forward. We're people. We we're finicky. But when we put our foot forward, showing God the stance of our heart, which says, Lord, I love you and I'm, I want to do better. I'm trying to do better, not by my strength, but by your strength, Father. Not that my will would be done, but that your will would be done. It's that when we do these things, when we're there for one another, we begin to see that sometimes the answer to a lot of our prayers are usually tied up in that thing that we may not want to do. It's tied up in that person that we may not want to say, spend some time with the person that we want to ignore sometimes, sometimes. And I know it sucks. We have to be the bigger person in terms of making sure things are OK. And yeah, it's not fair, according to our human standards, that we should always be the one to have to reach out first in a lot of situations. Well, if we use our standards and it's completely unfair to God because he reaches out every single time, 10 times out of 10 without fail. I'm just completely convinced that if God never said in the beginning when we messed up that he would send forth a seed to bruise the head of the 
the the serpent that well we just be goners completely because he reached out we did him wrong didn't even apologize about it just started blaming one another for our own mistakes i mean but that look god is good that's why i'm glad he's in charge and none of us are because if it was up to us to decide who needed to go die on the cross well that cross would be empty, but thank God that his name is Jesus and that Calvary is real because that blood is red and it washes our sins whiter than snow. But the purpose of our community, because a lot has been said in this, this area, is that if we're to be called children of God, a disciple, a student, we are supposed to emulate the teacher to give forth and be more like the one teaching us, right? In doing so, as we talk about here, we're simply mirrors and God, who is light, beams down on the mirror. And that mirror starts off broken and dirty. But when we get saved, when we hear about a man named Jesus, it's because somebody somewhere who God has been using, that light hit at just the right angle on that broken glass. And even though it was dirty, it hit the one little clean spot, which the Bible would describe as our measure of faith that we all come here with. And it hit it. And when the light hit that one tiny little clean spot on that gigantic mirror, something began to change. We know that heat not only has the power to dissipate things or to burn stuff up but heat also has the ability to clean stuff that's why when a lot of cleaning stuff goes on you know we wash our towels in hot water to make sure they're clean we cook food in a hot skillet or on a hot stove or in a hot oven because that's the only way to get it done we don't do stuff on cold surfaces or with a cold element we do stuff with a hot element god is described as the, the living fire, you know, he is the, the morning star, as the Bible goes on and tells us that he is the lion in the tribe of Judah. Like he, God has a lot of names and they're all amazing, but he is the essence of everything that, you know, is good in existence because there is none good but the Lord. And it's when we allow that light to refract upon us. Now that we're we're cleaner, you know, we still got some some dirt on the mirror, but I thank God that it's getting clean day in and day out. That when that light hits and it reflects off of us onto another person, that they too would begin to see that it's not them, but it's the God inside of them. That for some people, your walk with Christ may be the only visual image of God that they ever see in existence. That's why my grandmother always told me growing up to, you know, be careful of the way you carry yourself in certain of, in front of certain people, because you never know who's looking. It could be the most, you know, inconceivable person you'd ever think of that's actually looking up to you. You'll never know because they'll never say, but they are. The way you handle yourself, the way you carry yourself, the way you speak about certain things, the way you you respond to situations instead of react. Community has such a big part because I tell you today that if not for my granny, for my aunts, my uncles, my mom, who have been praying for me throughout my life, 
I wouldn't have made it to a certain point. And if not for the people that God has placed in my life as I've gotten older, my my literal brothers, you know, just some some guys I met in high school that I'm like, yeah, they're cool. And then as we grew together, it's like, oh, no, these are my brothers that God sent me for a reason and vice versa, because, man, look, God is really good. But them, you know, my anyone else who has become family to me, my, you know, my 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 munchkins that are so close to me that have just really helped to continually soften my heart and to help me be more empathetic, to be able to be more open and more compassionate, to be more like our God, to be quick to listen and to be slow to anger. You know, that's the way our God works. He's very slow to anger and always quick to listen to us because as we talked about last week about what love is love is patient it's enduring it's kind it is open it is here for you it does not hold a record of how many times it's been wronged or anything like that but the key thing about love is that it's patient to be in community with one another to be in another person's life means that we have to have patience We don't all move at the same pace, but according to the Bible, it says that as much as it is within us, you, I'm talking about you right now, you, the individual, as much as it is within you to be at peace with one another. It's easy when someone makes you mad to pop off, to want to retaliate, to want to hit them back, curse them back out, you know, just any and everything. But it takes a lot of God, not you, but God. To just be in that moment, that situation, that whatever, to breathe, really breathe and just exhale. When you blow out whatever your feelings are trying to do to you, and you'll always know when it's your feelings instead of God, because your feelings want you to hurry up and do a thing. Meanwhile, God wants you to be patient and move according to his will. His will, his way, it's very different from ours because God is an on time God. He doesn't do things exactly when we want them to happen, but he does it exactly when it needs to happen. Sometimes when we pray about a thing, God isn't saying no. He's holding it off so that when we've been substantially patient and to be patient on the Lord is a proactive measure. It doesn't mean you just sit there and do nothing, but to be patient with God means that you trust him in his timing. And in the meantime, you'll say that same prayer a billion times, not the same words repetitiously as we talked about, meaning that you're just praying in vain to be heard, but that you're praying because you have a need. If all you can do is grunt every day, mm, well, then God understands that grunt because he knows what you need. It's that when we do this, we're building the patience, as the book of James tells us, that when we go through different things in life, the trials, the storms, whatever, we should thank God because now we're in a situation for our faith to be perfected. And when our faith is perfected or our trust is perfected in God, well, then we become truly whole and we don't have a need anymore. We're not lacking We have needs because we lack. But I thank God that in this journey, 
we have him at the forefront taking care of everything. And then we have other people that he strategically places in our lives to help us grow, to help us reconsider the way we handle things, the way we act accordingly. If not for my granny in my life right now, I would not be half as kind as I am today. Because back in in my young, my youth, my younger days, I'm only 26, but let's go back 10 years. A butthead, the, the nice way of saying it, truly to my core. Why? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. But now because of her, because of my my brothers in my life, because of my my little sisters that I have now, that I'm truly proud and grateful to have in my life, that I can be a softer person, that I can be more like God in that regard, to be more open. Does that mean I'm perfect? No, never. I I got plenty of issues. But the point is, is that I thank God for the iota or the little steps that we make, because it's in community, like I said, that we'll find some of our greatest breakthroughs, that when we just decide, you know what, I'm going to just spend time with whoever, not because I necessarily want to, but because I know that they need it. When we, let's not say sacrifice our time, but when we number our steps accordingly unto the Lord, like the Bible says, and decide, you know what, I'm going to take X amount of time and just have this 30, 40 minute phone call. I don't like the phone, but I do it anyway, just because I know it'll help this person. I don't want them at my house today because I'm tired. I'm achy. I'm, I'm, I just want to be left alone, but I'll do it anyway because I know it'll help them. Well, then in the same situation, God helps you because you do the thing that God was trying to teach the disciples the whole time up until the last supper and he went to go die the next day. It's that the greatest among us, as I explained to my little sister like a day or two ago, meaning those of us who, you know, are, we'll say more learned in Christ. It's the best way to say it. Those of us who have spent a little more time with God should be the one that's willing to want to serve first. Not that we're looking to be served because, of course, realistically, Jesus is God. They should have been hand and foot every single day. But he was doing it to show us that it doesn't matter about your position. It matters about your heart. If we start getting caught up in titles and positions and stuff, well, we're not doing a good job at making our father look good. And what's the one thing, especially in the black community, your parents always tell you before you leave the house, don't make me look bad. Don't do it. Well, in the same way, don't make God look bad. It's it's simple math. We don't always get two plus two right, but when we do, it sure feels good. So the purpose, again, about community with, with, with all of us here, it's to be there for one another. Sometimes if you just got to bite your lip off the corner where nobody sees you, bite your lip. It's going to be all right. Because those five to 10 minutes that you're spending and say an uncomfortable situation, not because it has you actually in an area that makes you feel terrible, but simply because you may not want to be there. That's where a lot of good blessings are stored because you are obedient to what God said. Jesus said that when you help the least among you, you're helping me. 
And <laughs> well, as I've come to see, the least doesn't always mean the poor person or the homeless person. It means the person who's low in spirit, who's sad, who had a bad day, who just lost their job, who maybe didn't get that promotion they were hopeful for, who's been praying for a change but hasn't gotten it yet because they haven't forgiven someone yet or they haven't let go of the past. So when they pray, it's kind of wishy-washy, you know? That's what helping the least among us is also about, too. It's not just the person who needs a hot meal. It's the person who just needs to be heard. So I leave you with this. We all have handpicked community in our lives that God has specifically placed for us. Sometimes we're old apologies. We truly are. I, I, I know. I understand. But at the same time, for those of us who have been blessed to get closer to God, we just got to, as we say, bite the bullet and reach out. It doesn't feel good. It's it's not pleasurable. Sometimes, you know, it may take you a minute to do it because you really got to get yourself right with God before that thing happens. But trust your father who has never led you wrong who will never lead you wrong, who will never abandon you, and above all else wants nothing more than to bless you. Jesus's wish for our lives is that we would be blessed and blessed more abundantly, that we would have life and life more abundantly, that we would have joy and that our joy would overflow inside of him, that we would be patient, <laughs> a big word in the New Testament, with one another that we would pray for one another, that we would actually live like a family because we are family. That's his wish for us, to be more godly. Not to be right, but to be more godly. Because when we're right, we, we do a lot of wrong. But when we are more godly, we do a whole lot of good because he's the only source of good there is. So. And I, I know it was for me, uh, like in the last month, if you got some people you've done wrong or vice versa, pray about it. Really pray about it. I know you don't want to do it. I know you don't want to let it go, but pray about it. Just, just pray about it. Wait and listen to the Lord. He'll give you an answer. It may not be the one you necessarily want to hear, but we're a community of non-itchy ear people. We don't pray to hear what we want to hear. We pray to hear what we need to hear. There's a big difference. So, Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer just saying thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much for the life that you gave on Calvary so that we could actually live life. That this life wouldn't be like social media has it to chase the bag, to go be crazy every other day but instead to actually live a life. Because Lord, as the Bible teaches us, you are the way, the truth, the life, and the light of this world, which means that if anyone wants to actually live, they need to have a relationship with you. And Lord, we thank you for the relationship because as we grow inside of you, we grow into better people. The only way to grow is through you, God. And Father, we thank you for the communities that you place in our lives to understand that not only are we not alone because we have you, but in terms of being able to, to go hug someone or call them on the phone or whatever, God, that we have these people in our lives that can help change us for the better because it's not them 
but it's you inside of them working, God, that it's you inside of us working to help us, to propel us to be better, to break off the different chains and shackles that we're still holding on, to take the past and to bury it in the garden, because once it's buried, new life grows forth, that everything that you do is single-handedly with the sole purpose to help us be better. And Father God, we simply say thank you. So, Lord, as we depart from this meeting and never from your presence, we simply ask that any of those who would hear this message or any other that's similar and they don't know you, that they would get to know you because God living with you is tough. But to live without you, I can only imagine how impossible it is. So, Father, please bless us, keep us and God just continually guide us down the the righteous path. It's these things we thank you for. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Hey, family. I pray the lesson has blessed you in some way, shape, form, or fashion today. Each week, we hold Bible study on Zoom, and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you. If something was said that resonated with you and you aren't a part of the family, I would like to open the invitation to join. I pray that the Lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing and be blessed.